Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning, the following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example, Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent Breed is people! I am the father. Get it? Real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 514, the not necessarily the box office report for the week ending October 6th, 2019. Is that what we're going with, the not necessarily the box well, office yeah, we, report? I mean, we can't call it not the box office report because we do a box office That's report. true, we do. That's true. We could call it not just the box not office. Not just the box board. office. We need to put start putting letters I can't into bu- it. I can't believe it's not box office. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin's like, necessarily sounds hard to spell. <laughs> I don't want to call it that. <laughs> it's too many words. I don't know. It reminds me of, uh, there was a, you guys probably don't remember, there used to be a show on HBO that was, they were trying to have kind of their own SNL. Okay. Okay. And it was called Not Necessarily the News. <laughs> oh really? No. And it was like, un- like it was, but it was like if you just took Weekend Update, yeah, and made and it into did a that show. and did that, and they had a couple okay. other sketches, and that's where uh, Rich Hall's Sniglets came from. Oh, what is that? I've never heard of that. Oh my god, I feel a million years old. <laughs> okay, do you well. know what Sniglets are? I don't. I know no. who Rich Hall is. Okay, so Rich Hall, he ended up on SNL for a little while, but okay. he had this thing, and I mean, it was insanely popular. Like he turned it into a book. They put out four or five of books, and it was a. Uh, and Sniglets were uh, words for things that don't have words. Oh, then yes, oh. I do know that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so the one that I always remember is like when you approach like a like a counter at a fast food restaurant and they have the little stanchion cues mm-hmm. yeah. and then you have to walk through it even though there's nobody else there. Yeah. <laughs> sure. That's called furbling. I like it. And so he would just make up like little That's funny. weird items or situations in which you find yourself and he would come up with a word for it. That's and pretty so, good. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, he had a book deal, put out four, three, four books. Wow. Really? Sniglets. Yeah. Man. 
I had so, never heard of that before. Yeah, uh, did that transfer to SNL? Did he take that to SNL? I don't think Sniglets did. Hmm. He, I think he had a character or two that made the jump, but I don't think Sniglets okay. did. But okay. Anyway. Interesting. So there's your... That's, didn't, how many times have they tried to get SNL to do Weekend Update as like a half hour? Twice. Uh, I think just twice that I remember. I feel like the last one was not bad. It was pretty good. They were doing it like... Uh, they were doing it like during election year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they did or it once like with off seasons. They They're did it in the summer, right? Yeah, they did it once with Seth Meyers, right? Did, and then they did it again with, with these two. Yeah, with uh, Joseph, there we Jay. go. All I can think was Michael Che, um, the one guy you know, the head writer of SNL. I know, I just blank Mr. Scarlett Johansson. Mr. Scarlett yeah, Johansson I mean, somehow. Yeah, but yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that come back this year. I I feel like this dur- is yeah, you know, during the election if it's, cycle. If, they, if these two guys stick around, well, they're back. The show's back. Yeah. They're on it. Yeah, but I mean, like, f- f- in the long term. Like, some, I don't. how long do head writers usually last on that show? I think it just depends. I mean... I guess Seth Meyers was on there for a long time. Yeah, Seth Meyers, I think, was on there for, like, 11 or 12 years. Yeah. Before that, it had been Tina Fey. Did you right. guys, do you guys watch the Woody Harrelson premiere of SNL? I did. I did. It was not good. Oh, I thought it was fun. SNL's always been hit and miss. I know. I thought it was a pretty bad episode, though. And, I mean, Woody Harrelson, I love Woody Harrelson, but... Come yeah. on, dude! Like he I'm, was awful. He, I mean, he the reading off the cue cards. He was awful. But they, they, t- uh, they yeah. order you to read off yeah. the cue the cards. The last time somebody did that, it was was it uh, it was Adrian Brody, and he showed up in like that Rastafarian gear, yeah. and he never was allowed back. Oh. Like, he's but never been allowed. I don't. Back. What but, does that have to do with anything? Well, I mean, like when he when you go off script, Lauren oh. Michaels is like, "You're out." But no, no, I just, it's, but, it's not about staying on yeah. script. It's about they order you to read the cue cards. Like so, the cast. They're better at yeah. it because right. like the cast are acting off him like, oh look, they're so natural and good. And then right. he's like, I, but you know, I, yeah. it, it was but the, like, oh. but the reason, but the reason for that yeah. is they're changing the lines. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, up until sure, airtime, sure. and so yeah. like they'll they do when when we see SNL, that's the second time they've done that show that day, yeah, right? Sure. So they they do so it airs at ten thirty our time. They do our time a seven o'clock dress rehearsal, right? That they film, and uh, and then that way, if there's any sort of technical issue, a power outage, a brick falls in somebody's head, they've got a. They up. can run the dress rehearsal if need be. Yeah, that's also where when you see sketches that get cut, and you're like, but if it's live and it got cut, right? Why does it exist? It's because they film it in the dress rehearsal. So they'll 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 do the dress rehearsal, and then that's where they get an idea of like how long is this show really? Sure, with laughs and everything. How long did it time out? I think I've seen them run something from rehearsal. They too. do. There sometimes. was an issue where something happened. They had to play. They said this was filmed at the rehearsal. What was it? Someone got sick that night. Or something. I, I forget, can't remember. Yeah, they, they were like, "This is from the." And rehearsal. Sometimes, if they mess up on the live one in the rerun, they'll, they'll sub oh, yeah. it. They'll sub in the the dress rehearsal version. Go. So, um, but uh, but so like they're still changing lines sometime. In between the dress rehearsal and the airing, that's so like the, they don't the, want them to read the old lines. They, yeah, they the don't. Line. So they they do not want them to memorize the script. That's not them being lazy. Yeah. it's it's the reality of of how how quickly they're making sure. changes on that show. That's, totally. the, that's the Melanie uh, Dan Cortez not right, Melanie, but the what he referenced. Yeah, Dan Cortez joke. Yeah, and, and they would do that all the time. Yeah. The uh, what's the character's name? The the guy that would do all the night 
when Bill that's, Hader. That's Bill, yeah, Bill Hader. It's, but uh, what's the character? Stefan. 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 They, he, they would, it was almost like Mad Libs. They would write a version that they yeah. would do in dress, and then. Melania would come back through. Melania would come back through and change all the references. And that's why he would let break. Yeah, and that's why he like, would break. Because the, the, the whole Dan Cortez thing was not in the dress rehearsal. Because he was reading it. And he, that was breaks. the first time he was reading it, was yeah. as he was that's doing funny. it. So he knew the general outline yeah. and the cadence, and, and but like he would change things. Right. In between dress and to air To get him to break To, to get yeah. him to crack up Or if you're Jimmy Fallon You just couldn't make it through a sketch <laughs> Yeah Yeah Yes he was striving to be his generation's Harvey Corp. Yeah right 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 Except you know He wasn't He didn't have uh, What's his name to play off of Tim Conway Tim Conway Yes Yeah Yes, Horatio well, Sands is no Tim Conway. No, he's not. But those two, anytime you saw them together in a oh, sketch, he was going to make it. it was gonna, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was, he's never. I, I don't think he can even make it through his own show. Yeah, but I think la- the Woody Harrelson episode, though, I think it. Uh, I think they they ran short. Oh, really? I think yeah, because they um, what was it? They they did two sketch. What well, they yeah they did two sketches post. Musical number, which yeah. is normally you Three. typically only get one. Oh, know? and so I think they were just really like out of stuff and like nothing got cut, and they still didn't have enough time because then they come back and the way you can always tell if it ran short or long is when they go to credits when they're waving good night. Yeah, if it if it's short, they're like okay, good night, and they start to roll the credits and it's like cut. Sure. And they're done. Right. But like they were on stage. I mean, it felt like those credits lasted what? three or four minutes. It was I always like to watch the credits because you can see like uh, if there's a sketch that got cut. Somebody right. standing in a costume for oh, a sketch sure, you never sure, saw. Sure. Yeah. Or you can also kind of tell like who likes who. Like what the well, who what saw the, who where they're standing yeah, with each like other, what sure, the person sure. you know or yeah. or who didn't really like the host or like, had, you can kind of get a gauge for that sometimes. They had uh, the guy who's the newest cast member who just got moved up to series regular, Chris Red. Yes, okay. he was on the uh, uh, the the roast of Alec Baldwin, and Sean Hayes was there as well. Yeah, and he makes a comment, and he was just like makes a comment about how Alec Baldwin. Would get would cut this guy's jokes for time because right. he was on the show. He was like, "Actually, we're just going to cut your whole set for time tonight. Like, you're not going to be on. We're just going to cut you for time. You're used to it at this point when this guy's <laughs> on your show, so it's fine." But uh, that that roast was amazing. It I saw very funny. I saw Chris Red uh, when I was in L.A. We went to the Improv. That dude. And this was before this was before SNL. This was pre SNL. Yeah. And. Uh, and and it was one of those showcases where the, they have like open mics there, but they're all professional comics. So it's like, you know, it's oh, you'll, sure. You'll sure. go to an open mic and it'll be, you know, and it'll be like Dane Cook and the Sklar brothers and Mark Marin and Sebastian Maniscalco. And like, it's you know, a weird conglomeration of. Yeah. Past it, and present comedians. Yeah. But it's just like, but you'll just pound through big names and like uh, like Margaret Cho showed up at this one. OK. And then Chris Red was there. Yeah. But he, this was. uh is he on SNL at this point? No, he's not on SNL at this point. It has not been announced, but I recognize him because he's the the other like pop star and pop star never stopped. Oh, popping. sure, sure, sure. And so I was like, "Where do I know that guy from?" I'm like, oh yeah. And yeah. so, uh, and then afterwards, he's in the bar, and we were like, "I was like, oh, I should go over and and say hi, just because why not? Right. Like, how, he can't be getting that many people sure. come up to him at this point." And so, but he was hitting on a girl. Oh, and I was like, him. I was like, I'm like. So if we go over and talk to him, because his set was really good. Yeah, he's really his stand-up funny. was really solid. And uh, and I was like, so he's hitting on this chick. So I'm like, if we go over and talk to him, we either completely screw it up. Right. Or we make him look like a really big deal. 
because he's getting recognized by a, a couple, 50-50 shot. A couple middle-aged tourists from right. the Midwest, right? right? And I was just like, ah, I don't want to roll the dice. Yeah, so too close. Too we close. We didn't do it. He's, I think he's one of those dudes that I think could... Yeah, and then a, we came back home, dude. and like three weeks later, it was announced he was a new cast member on SNL, and Damn. I was like, if I had known that, I'd have been like, screw it. <laughs> yeah. You're, You're going to be fine. You're going to be getting lots yeah. of chicks. <laughs> they, were, they were worried about the, uh, the amount of trans jokes. On that podcast, on the, on the podcast, on that roast, because Caitlyn Jenner was there, right? And they just lit her up. <laughs> and apparently, she was in good. Like, she took it and it's she a roast. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. They like, really don't. That's kind of yeah. Like to me, like that should be a protected environment. Like that's the point of a roast. Right. And if that upsets you, that's fine. Then don't. It's go. almost like what was the one where Ann Coulter showed up? And I'm just like, oh, that was all. That what one, like are you thinking? Yeah, like Trump. what. No, right? no, no! It was like uh, Rob Lowe, or oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, it was somebody it else. Because I think he's a Republican. I'm pretty sure Rob Lowe yeah. is almost. I think so. Interesting. It was either Rob Lowe or Trump. I don't think they would. Well, although now I'm thinking because when he had the sex tape, it was at the Democratic National Convention. So he thought he had flipped. Maybe he did. I don't know. But either way, and when I saw Ann Coulter on like the the whatever that thing's called, the dais, the dais, I was like, oh, buddy, that yeah. is a. What are Nikki Glazer got up, St. Louis's own, uh, and just I, I feel I felt I honestly there was a point where I was like you should probably just walk off stage, like I don't know how you're taking this because every single person they brought up Bill Maher and it was just yeah. like woo bold move sit on that stage with a bunch of like no take no names comics who yeah. don't care about offending anybody yeah yeah I think Lowe leans right these days because here's a, uh, yeah. he had to delete a tweet uh, where he ref- made a chief joke about elizabeth warren and, oh and here's a headline from the hollywood reporter with him welcoming sarah huckabee sanders to his one-man show interesting so i mean yeah, you know what i don't have a problem with somebody leaning no right it, as long as it's not like he's not a oh, flamethrower you're crazy pants yeah you know like but, that like the, like the eat the babies gal yeah i was yeah. just yeah <laughs> i was just trying to say like uh if it would make sense that she was there. That she was there if yeah. he's if if he's a conservative. I think I think that was his. Yeah, yeah, because they've they've been cranking those out. They've been doing it for a long time. Well, they've they've kind of got back into it just recently. Yeah, but yeah, go check out that Alec Baldwin one. It was uh, really good. It's nice to a lot of those old Dean Martin roasts are up so on, good on YouTube and stuff. You can find them. Are they? Oh yeah. I thought they didn't release the old ones. You can no, find they, some. Yeah, of the they re- had a thing that you could buy from Time Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? On, where they would had a bunch of them, like okay. you know John Wayne and. They're I don't want to watch the old ones. Yeah. There's one where Don Rickles goes after Reagan. Yeah. Like, in front of Reagan. Oh, yeah. And it was just like, oh. And oh. Reagan loved it. I loved every second of it. Loved every second. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. have to know if you show up to a roast. I mean, right. But that's where, I mean, they're the most offensive, harshest jokes. Well, like, that's what you're there for. Well, well, the, so the celebrity roast that Dean Martin did, they were on network television. So yeah. they might get mean, but they didn't get dirty. Right. But like the, Central ones. the Friar Club roast, yeah. the, especially what they, because that's what the Dean that's Martin ones were modeled yeah. on. Is right. they were, uh, but they had to clean them up for television. But those weren't recorded. Those were just like there are some people snuck in tapes there. I used to have a CD of somebody who had snuck in tapes and like, but they'd say crazy for the most part. They wouldn't uh, for they wouldn't air them. They weren't meant to be. No, they were not. They would say the craziest stuff. And and I mean, just the most. Yeah, I mean, racist, sexist, like, but that was the that that was that's how these are now. Yeah. And they're on network. Well, I guess they're on cable TV. Yeah. Yeah. But they were. They were pretty harsh, but again, that was that was what you, <laughs> you knew what, what you were getting into. Sign up for, and that's how comedians are too. Like that was also part of it. It was like it started as it's a club for comedians. Right, and comedians, very dark sensitive humor, and they're pretty much unoffendable. 
that's why sometimes they offend people and they don't even know it because yeah. it's like, whoa, what? does that upset people? Whoops. I, I, think, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if you heard. I, comedies are canceled now, so I, I think yeah. I feel like I feel like there has been like a big pendulum sw- shift in comedy recently, where guys actually guys who are in this movie. Uh, kind of don't pull any punches with their stand-up act anymore. And it's like if you don't like it, I don't care. Yeah, I don't like. There's, there's uh, in the Joker. There's a couple comedians who are real comedians. Yeah, uh, who one is Sam. I can't remember his last name, but he like he's got an act, and you're just like his delivery is so deadpan. You're just kind of like, I all right, yeah. I'll let it go. I don't know how it's gonna play in front of an audience, but that's a, but they're talking about Chappelle and. How Chappelle pulled no punches, yeah, in his most recent thing, and got a it's a lot of, easy, easier to do when you're Dave rich Chappelle. Is well, yeah, 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 when you have nothing to lose, yeah, you yeah. Need and you're, the work. you're a guy who's you know a, a beat comedian, so to speak, where you're just right. trying to play the clubs and make a, make a break, and yeah, can't you've got five minutes to hopefully get right more work. That's when, when Chappelle's like, yeah, I'm just say whatever I want. I don't care. Yes, I'll like, take that five million or whatever he got paid for those specials. A lot, a lot of money, and then I a lot guess more than five. It was yeah. like. Five hundred million. It was, no, it was. It was a. It was a lot. It was like a hundred, two hundred. It was insane. I wonder how much rocks because he for did. His. He did. He sold Netflix two specials with a third, which was this one was like coming. An option. Well, it was like he had to produce a new one, but it was two old specials. That's why. Oh, like so a lot had, of the like, material was topical. Yes, got it. And it was a lot. I mean, he's it a, was, uh, sixty million dollars. That's a lot. Okay. That's still was, a lot, yeah, that's a lot was, of money. Yeah. I wonder how much Chris Rock got paid for. If not Chris Rock, uh, Eddie Eddie Murray, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murray. <laughs> Eddie Murphy got paid because he's the doing baseball one too. Player? <laughs> yeah, right. Because he's doing one too, right? Yeah, for Netflix. He's coming back. Yeah. So I'm yeah. curious as to like what that is going to. I think he signed a multi didn't because I think the Dolomite movie. Yeah. Is part of that deal that and would then make he's, sense he's gonna do a stand-up. stand-up special too i wonder if he'll be as raunchy as he used no, to. no so he said he's he actually came out and said he's like look what i said back then is i think not he a could reflection still be, of who i am now i think like he could still be raunchy but in a different way that not, old stuff was like i remember listening to that with with my son when yeah. he was like 16 like, and i was just like i was like oh eddie murphy like he didn't even know eddie murphy had been a stand-up sure oh. you know especially because because of that stuff is so not of this time. No, yeah. not you, at all. It doesn't pop up for people organically. Yeah. And so I went and somebody posted on YouTube, and so I was like, no, I'm like, Eddie Murphy was really funny, Yeah, but like by today's standards, like he would get run out of town on oh, a rail. And, and without that, question. It, it does not play well in this day and age. Yeah. Like, that red suit, was that Delirious? Yes. Delirious no, was raw. The, no, no de- I think it's Delirious. Delirious is the red, the red suit. Raw the red the suit. black suit? Yeah. Ooh, I mean, yeah. 10 minutes, we've talked about it before, but I tried to watch that, like 10 minutes into it, just the way he talks about oh, yeah. you know yeah. dropping the f word and i'm not talking about the four letter one <laughs> yeah. but i mean it is offensive well, he's got but the whole is... thing with uh with the honeymooners where oh yeah gay, and he's yeah. like mm-hmm. yeah it's just like wow it's... i mean he goes right into it and you're like what is this i'm like i just what happened i to... just turned to this what happened and... to the nutty professor yeah, yeah. <laughs> and exactly I, I mean it was hard to watch because it wasn't even like it wasn't just like funny, like oh, it's like a jabbing, you know. But it's funny. It was like no, he mean. was. It was. It was. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird to watch those now. I feel like uh, Richard Pryor like didn't like was raunchy, but like didn't go that far. I think it also helps that a lot of Richard Pryor's edgier stuff he would do in in character. Oh sure, and so sure. I think it's also easier when when it's a character doing it as opposed to just that guy doing it. That makes sense. Like, I mean, like, uh, my my wife had never seen The Sopranos, so we've been watching The Sopranos. Oh, so good. And there are some things they say that are horribly offensive, and you still end up laughing at it, but you're like, but you're not, but the but also some of the joke is like, 
Jesus, these people are awful. Can I tell you how much I adore that scene in the restaurant where he tells the guy to take his baseball cap off? Yeah. <laughs> I like that that hit a sweet spot for me because that is absolute I've seen that happen. Was it like a young guy? It's wearing, a young guy. Yeah. It's a and guy. They're, they're, a nice they're, on a, they're on a very nice Italian restaurant. Yeah. And Tony's talking to the, the owner of the restaurant, I think is who it was. Yeah. And this dude, you know, punk ass kid yeah. walks in with his girlfriend with his hat on. And the friend is just kind of like, you look at that disrespect. And Tony's like, he's he's trying to ignore it, but he, he just like can't. keeps looking at it. And finally he walks over. There's like, hey, can you do me a favor and take your hat off? And he was just like, no, it's my hat. I'm going to wear it. And Tony just looks at him. And there's like a there's like a just a long enough pause where the kid's like, okie dokie. And like takes <laughs> his hat off. And then in typical mob guy fashion, they go sit back down. And Tony's like, hey, go send him a bottle of, you know, whatever. And the guy's like, okay. And then walks over. But that was like just the I've seen that happen in real wow. life where it's <laughs> just like take your hat off and the guy's like no he's like take your hat off he's like oh, yeah my grandpa you. used to never let me wear a hat in restaurants and i mean you know he's, he's I passed still away don't. over 10 years ago now but i wouldn't in a like, real restaurant but if i'm in a mcdonald's that's or different something, oh yeah. i mean yeah and i don't yeah and I don't sit think down like but at a yeah a restaurant i mean as soon as i would walk in he'd be like take your hat off yes sir okay. yeah. unless i'm at a theme park then you're not wearing a hat? No, if, if I'm at a theme <laughs> oh. park, I can wear a hat at a yes, restaurant. Yes, no, it's totally. But I think you if you're at like a... The Moose Lodge or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but you have to wear the, the, the big hat. You have to yeah. wear like the flip You have to put their hat on. Yeah. 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 on. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Of course I have their hat on, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. We're at Disney World. Where else would I be? So, uh, shameless plug. Not Six Flags, I'll tell you that. Uh, that's for We haven't even sure. introduced ourselves. Oh, yeah. Why don't we introduce ourselves? This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Shameless plugs. <laughs> don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your Spreaker. podcast, Spreaker, uh, wherever you get. I've never tried to see if we're on Spreaker. I just, I, think, th- I just like the way it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, so while you're there, uh, subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, uh, don't forget that you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, join the group which we call the League of Show Shares. Uh, you can also leave a review for us on Facebook. That way, your friends will see it. And uh, people who were kind enough to actually share an episode this week. Uh, are as follows. Gabriel Lugo, Librarian Cynthia, Ralph Tribble, Julianne Jordan, Zara Vandercreek, Griffin Fox-Smith, Brent Smith, Chris Sanders, Tammy Sherman-Powers, Ron Johnson, Lane LeVanway, Colby Mack, Dustin at Nerds at Night Gaming, Travis T. Witt, Jason Weesey, Timmy Tuzunes, and Chris Magicman. So uh, thank you very much, guys, for doing that. And uh, also don't forget we have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash real spoilers, where for five bucks a month uh, you can get all sorts of bonus content and Help us uh, pay for some of the costs of producing this thing. Yes. So there is all that, I guess, uh, what's in the n- not necessarily like the news. We have a little bit of breaking news right now. Tom will appreciate, well, won't appreciate this. Ginger, oh. Ginger Baker died. Oh, I was like, oh, did one of the monkeys die? No, no, no. Uh, Ginger oh, Baker no. died. The, yeah. drum, the drummer from, of Cream, from Cream uh, passed yeah. away just today. Like He'd been last... sick for, they've been talking to him for a, couple, for a week or so now. Oh, have they? How he was not doing well. Yeah, that's a sad day. Yes. He was the dude. Yeah. Rest in peace. Rest, rest in peace. There's been several people that have passed away. I feel like in the last it's week, the celebrities, man, popping all up. Yeah. I just think it's because we have so many more celebrities than we used to. Yeah, that's true. Does anyone have news stories uh, they want to share? Uh, yes, I do actually. Uh, so I posted this week on the League of Show Shares that uh, I'm sure you've seen by now. Martin Scorsese shared his thoughts on what counts as cinema. He was speaking to Empire Magazine, and this is the direct quote from him: "I don't see them. I tried, you know, but that's not cinema." Honestly, the closest I can think of them, as well-made as they are, with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. And so, to me, I posted it, and it's 
it's one of these things where I, to clarify, because there's been a lot of people on the internet like, yeah, he's the greatest filmmaker alive and he can have an opinion, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he can. I mean, anyone can have an opinion. You can like movies, right. not like genres. That's not the problem. I don't care if he just doesn't like them, but he's calling an entire genre not cinema. And, right. and he says, I tried it, but I really wonder how I would much love to he's know tried. What, which movie did he yeah, watch spider-man yeah. 3 one time and he's like i don't like marvel movies because it's just to say they're not cinema and then to go on and to kind of define cinema as human be- beings conveying emotion to other human beings i mean has he watched civil war Endgame, for example the sure. first hour of Endgame. i mean there i mean even black panther i mean there's a lot of emotion i mean guardians of the galaxy 2 which is yeah. one of my favorite marvel movies look how deep that is with the the issues with star lord's father and talking about families and adopted families you know what who's more family i mean there's so much emotion and being conveyed by the cast so i just i i think that's really offensive and why james gunn spoke up about it because it's like you're lumping everything into one category and saying that isn't cinema and i don't think that's fair it's also weird because i feel like he's always been kind of a defender of genres or films that are maybe perceived as less artistic i mean he's made his bones in films that are genres that can you know aren't very artistic yeah I mean, the mobster movies are i mean he has defined those movies yeah but he you know i mean his early stuff is very artistic right. totally yeah, uh, i agree artistic. yeah but like i but i think you know he liked to take i hate to say lesser but more mainstream stuff and and dress it up with artier flourishes yeah i could see that you know what i mean yeah uh cape fear yeah you know that's a good, that's a good one uh shutter island right which i just rewatched. yeah that's a good movie yeah i mean and it's just a i mean it's just an a really solid airport novel but yeah it's, and yeah. He, but but he's he, telling me shutter island is cinema right I mean, it's well i like, think there's a difference to me i don't really think like cinema i think of like films and i think of movies yeah like that's kind of my like, i think that's if what you're, if you're gonna to compare to civil war to the godfather like you can't do that yeah. like civil you can't, godfather is a film you can't tell me that some of the his earliest film experiences weren't serials sure and you know cliffhanger type things and b pictures i mean you know i i'm sure he saw great movies as a kid and they inspired him you know and and a lot of the stuff that people thought were just run-of-the-mill westerns were secretly great movies right? right and and i think that's kind of what he's missing out on here is that in the same way people looked at the searchers at the time and just thought like oh cool john wayne's gonna kill indians and right. you're like oh no there's a lot more going on here right and and but at the time people just took it as at john face Wayne's value indians right yeah yeah and I, and I think that's i think there's a lot of that going on in the superhero genre right now oh i think that's true and and i i also i think What's driving this ultimately more than than superhero movies being plastic in theme parks? I I think what drives it is he's a director. Yeah. And he came up in the age of the director is auteur. Sure. If you list if you whenever you talk about a discussion of the director is auteur, he's typically the first one that gets mentioned. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and he. Kubrick. In, yeah, right, but He's you know, up there in yeah, that totally. List of, it's, uh, you're yeah. gonna hear, yeah, Kubrick, Scorsese, Francis Ford Coppola, and he, and the these Marvel movies, the director is not in charge. That's true. The director is not the auteur; it's the producer, right? You know, and and they have a showrunner like a TV show, 
and it's Kevin Feige, and he's calling the shots. He's drawing the picture. You're just coloring, but right. you better stay in between the lines. And yeah, don't do anything weird. Right. Yeah. And and but you know what's interesting is I think the exception there is the Guardian stuff. Going back to James Gunn, I think they really let James Gunn do. That was one of those movies where they're like, these are some weird characters. Like they didn't know what was going to happen there, and they that is a total James Gunn script. Yeah. And I think they let him do that, like because James Gunn has even talked about that there was a scene that they filmed. Um, I can't remember. I think this might have been in the first Guardians. I'm not sure, but he tweeted about they came to set. It was a really small scene, and they did it. And then everybody, I think it was like Feige, some other producer involved, and they were like. That was okay, but like I don't feel like it's James Gunn enough. And he rewrote the script and totally expanded it. Like I feel like they let him be an auteur because they were like Guardians. What is this problem? Well, I think, but, I, but I also think that like because I, I, I mean, I've always said I feel like they've hired directors because they want that director to do a certain thing. Right. And so I think, it, and I don't mean to sell the director short. It's just you're working in a different paradigm, yeah. you know. And I think James Gunn probably gets the most freedom. Yeah. Out of any yeah. of those directors, but I think that feels the least connected. I mean, yeah. there's, there's, con, there's, you can connect them, but they do very much stand yeah. on their own. But I, but I also think that's because they decided they wanted it to be this way, and that James Gunn was the guy to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they started off making a straight ahead action movie, and then James Gunn said, "I'm going to do all this stuff instead." Right. Right. Yeah. And and they were just like, "Well, what you going to do?" Well, I think I think the advantage that he had is the story wasn't set on Earth. Yeah, so he did, he was not tied into. It had the least connective tissue to the rest yeah, of it, so exactly. it could get you had Thanos, could, and that was it. It could get weirder because you didn't have to necessarily. Even though he ends up standing yeah. next to Iron Man, you initially that if, was. You if can it watch ha- one and two and have never seen the other movies. Yeah, and it's right. fine. Yeah. You seriously don't even need to know, like. You know what I mean? Think about how many tie-ins there actually are in the movies, not Avengers, but those movies themselves. Like you can watch Thanos. one and two, and like, but yeah, but, reference to Thanos, and that's it. But that's but that's because they introduced Thanos, right? No, Thanos is introduced in the first Avengers. He is okay, yeah, he's, he's, but he's see, the end credit sequence. You see him, and you do see him in uh, Guardians, right? Don't they? Because Ronan talks to Thanos. Yes, you're right. So yes. I just mean that you're not like who's this? Like I feel like you could watch those two movies. And they stand on their own, whereas a lot of them, you get a lot of little Easter eggs and references. That and was so. that was what made that comic so good, is that Abnett and Landing, who wrote like Annihilation and all that stuff, like they kept everything in space. So anything that was going on, like the, the actual Civil War in the Marvel Universe, like in the comic books, they had nothing to do with it. So they were just off doing their own mm-hmm. thing. So if you wanted to read Guardians, you could, and you had, did not have to read any of the other Marvel stuff. To know, like, whoa, wait, who's this guy? That's who's cool, this person? Yeah. Like, they just did their own thing, and they used to do that a lot, especially. Or if there was a crossover, it was kind of only the cosmic stuff, right? That's yeah. and that's what it is. It was all yeah. just like the all Adam Warlock and Nova, like all that stuff circled around the Guardian stuff, but never went to Earth. Like, yeah. it never dealt with Earth until they were just like, well, we need those characters back on Earth. So, but yeah, I th- I think it's because he's like, but the director's supposed to be making these choices, yeah, not not Kevin Feige, and I, I and I don't even know. If it's that much in his forebrain, I just think he just the process skeeves him out because it is so not the world that he plays in. Well, he's very lucky because there's not many directors out there that can do that. You know, it's it's, it's him it's and a, a handful sm- yeah. of guys. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's talk that. I mean, that honestly is like when the one percent say something to relate to the little people yeah. and you're just like you have no you have idea. No clue. I mean it's just it's just how it is, you know? And I'm I'm saying on either side whether it's the highly paid millionaire, you know, super democratic 
or you know liberal actors talking about like oh whatever and they go back to their 15 million dollar mansion or a republican politician it doesn't matter it's like whenever someone is super rich and has access to things they talk about oh i understand it's like no do you right and so for scorsese to think that way i just i, I it's a shame because i do think he's one of the best directors alive sure. one of the best directors ever i still love his stuff oh, it doesn't yeah. make me not love his stuff but he's very disconnected and to say that a whole group isn't cinema i just it sounds so pretentious and so snobby because i doubt that he's given i mean even how many of the 23 mcu films has he seen and then there's obviously the stuff outside of the mcu we don't talk DC, about that stuff but there's some there's good stuff out there i'm just saying you know and i and there is a lot of stuff that i think merits um awards and critical praise and obviously we've spoken highly about a lot yeah, of them you so love suicide squad yeah that's not one of them <laughs> so the other thing you is love logan that's true yeah oh yeah absolutely so the yeah look at that look at logan as an yeah. example of a film of cinema you know i think, and the, it being I think the one that we're gonna talk about this week is probably on, the, if, on the level if there ever has been one i don't think he would like this one Oh, I think it's a little too close to his own yeah, stuff. Well, I think yeah, he'd be like, I already made that. But, okay, but I mean, like, if you're talking about like Logan, uh, you know, like the the style of Logan, I think yeah, this is in no, the in the I, in, I the, in the conversation. So, so uh, Joss Whedon said something on Twitter That's the about one it. guy I don't want to hear from. So Joss Whedon came out and then he actually cited James Gunn before James Gunn said anything because like if he's like if I've if I've ever seen an example of it you know he didn't say himself or he actually said James Gunn has so much heart and all this and then James Gunn actually uh, did a tweet and he said Martin Scorsese is one of my five favorite living filmmakers I was outraged when people picketed the last temptation of Christ without having seen the film I'm saddened that he's now judging my films in the same way. And so I it's think a legitimate makes, thing to say. He yeah. makes a really good point because there's a lot of people now online saying, "Oh my God, you're comparing religion to to a, a comic book movie and all this," but that, that's not the point. Doesn't have anything to do with religion. It was, no, uh, people were I re- I mean I old enough to remember that as it happened, and people were protesting that movie who had never seen it. Yep. Yeah. And to this day, I've never seen it just because it sounds boring. Uh, but, it's all right. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, this sounds like a drag. Like just it just sounds dull. It's a very slow movie. Yeah. yeah. But um, uh, I also never saw his. Buddha one or whatever didn't he do Buddha one what did he do it was the one Gamora no he did one I don't remember that one hang on but yeah um but yeah, I, I, I think James Gunn makes a great point, and really, because it's the same thing, to judge a whole genre of movies and to say that every comic book movie is not cinema. Based on one you may have seen in 2004? Yeah, it, it, the I mean, game has changed. Right, and yeah. he doesn't say what he saw. But. Yeah, but I just doubt if he, I don't think people in his mindset, I mean, he's welcome to rebuke, which he doesn't care. He's He doesn't care what the internet thinks, but right. my point is I would love to know what he has seen to make that opinion. And I doubt that he's seen enough to make an informed opinion. I yeah, just don't, yeah. you know. Thor too. He can not like him, but yeah, when he tries to see Avengers without seeing anything else, and then he stops there, it's like, well, yeah, you're probably gonna think they're a theme park, right? right? But right. there's a lot, and of they are things. kind of. I don't, I don't, Some, I don't take umbrage with that yeah. exact thing that he said, but to to, to label. To do a blanket statement over everything, like sure, there are some definite theme park rides. Yeah, in, absolutely, in twenty-four and, movies. And you like know what? He loves westerns, but there are some westerns. I mean, they they made so many of them. There's no way there couldn't be. But right. there are some westerns. I that was are, just about. To, I mean, they're awful. Yeah, and you just can't paint. In it. But there were people within that genre that did some stunning work. And sure. I, I think it, the same thing's true here. It wasn't Buddha. It was the Dalai Lama. Oh, Kundun. Oh, okay. oh, I never saw that. I didn't yeah. see that one either. Hmm. But yeah, I, I think I hear what he's saying, and uh, I, I can agree with it to an extent. But and I do feel like there is a difference between f- uh, film, a film and a movie. And I think a lot of the MCU stuff, 
with the exception of probably the most recent stuff, are are movies. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're summer popcorn movies, which and that, and like, that's, that's what okay. they should be. They're dad. There's a place, you know, I when Kevin and I were talking about this online, I was like, you know, using that argument about, oh, it's a theme park ride, like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Is Massive that, theme park ride. Is that high art? I would argue yes, but but not in an appreciably different way than than Avengers is. No, I agree. You know, I totally agree. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you'd have to put those on a very similar level. And Rare's Lost Ark, great movie. Yeah. But, oh. but is it The Godfather? That's, right. that's, that's the, the thing. Is like, I mean, even to say Casino or Goodfellas, yeah. like, is it on the level of either one of those? Some people Not online. Really. Yeah. And those are great films. I They really are. But I, a lot of people are like, Goodfellas. I like Casino but, a lot. But, but, kind of felt like a retread. Right. Uh, that makes but, sense. but people are like, oh, slap a slap an end credits scene on the end of, of Goodfellas and you've got a Marvel movie or something. Kind of. They're, they're just like, I mean, they're not that appreciably different as far as, yeah, you know, It's a hero's journey. Yeah. So anyway. For oh, Henry but then Hill. people say, you know, what do you say about all, uh, all these movies that have to do with Greek mythology or comparing books? You know, are you talking about a, a book that is mythology isn't a novel because it's about... Greek mythology, Zeus and the Iliad and all this stuff like it, you're talking about powers and and create, you know, yeah. all these crazy adventures and everything. Are those not novels? Those are, I don't know, dime store rack books. I don't know what you'd compare them to. Right. But th- when you start classifying things like that, it just becomes wildly unfair because there are so many subgenres and also so many examples of film, book, whatever art is within a genre to lump them on anything. I mean, it's just don't judge a book by its cover. Right. And I that's, totally agree. that's why I think the last temptation of Christ is a great argument because those people protested because they said this is awful. It's bad against religion or whatever. They didn't see well, it. Make the, that opinion. It was dogma. Dogma, I'm yeah, not to compare Kevin Smith to Martin Scorsese, yeah. but Dogma was the same way. They're like, did you see? They're like, oh, no. Yeah. He's like, so you didn't see the giant rubber poop monster that's in this movie? They're like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that's the point. Yeah. You know? and, and I just wonder as these aging, these amazing auteurs are, are aging and the landscape becomes different as far as how our movies are released. Uh, Martin Scorsese has a Netflix movie coming out. That's, Is that cinema? So it's that's a, the weird thing, right? <laughs> like, are you telling? And look, I'm happy it got made. I am super excited to watch it. But there's not a, a company, Universal, Warner Brothers, anybody that would be like, "You're doing what now? Yeah, uh, give us that movie." No, they they would. He could not get it. It's a hundred and seventy million dollar movie that that looks like it's a sixty million dollar movie. From my research, from yeah. what I've read, like there's not much to it. And when you put that price tag on it, there's it's, not much like as far as to the look of it or to the it's movie. Like a bunch itself. of guys talking. I mean, it's just it's not. Oh. It does a hundred and seventy million dollar movie is a, a superhero movie, right? Nowadays. Yeah. This movie, the only reason it's that high is because the huge cast and the de-aging technology, yeah. but it's not a movie that should cost $170, and no, he tried to get it made for like 10 years. No one would do it, but and there's no problem. I like Netflix movies. There's just been some great ones, but my point is, here's this guy talking about, oh, these superhero movies aren't cinema, and you're about to release a movie to Netflix, dude, Yeah, right. which is a streaming service. So, yeah, you're going to give it a theatrical run to get around the Oscar rule. Like You're not doing that right. because it's going to play there for a ton and make a ton of money. You're doing it as a loophole. So you're releasing something on streaming. So are you prepared for it to say your movies aren't cinema? What is cinema at a theater? That's the question. You know, so it's like, I don't know. I just, I think there's a lot of problems with that statement. He's a genius. I think he's great, but I also think it's okay to disagree with his phrasing there. I'm interested to see like what the next, because these guys are going to age out like Spielberg, uh, Coppola, who I don't even think directs anymore. I think the last time I saw him, he was doing like, Cable movies. Oh, really? He's still Oliver, alive? Man, I Oliver haven't Stone, heard from him. Like the, Scorsese, the, those guys are going to go Look away. Look at Eastwood. Was he 92? 106. <laughs> I, mean, I have but, no idea. But he's like 92 or something, yeah. but he's got a movie coming out later this year. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 The Richard Jewell one. Yeah. So it's interesting. 
like I wonder what that next class is going to be of the auteur or if that's even going to be a thing anymore or if like those directors like Ari Aster are going to stick with like A24 and maybe maybe not do take their their original ideas and properties to Warner Brothers Universal or Sony or whatever. I mean, studios are going like, to have to find people and they will pay those guys, you know, if they make enough money. Yeah, that's true. And I think they'll, the, when they prove themselves in the minor leagues, like the A24s and, and Amazon Studios and these amazing I gotta production tell you, companies. What, I just saw that trailer for uh, Adam Sandler's new flick. Oh, yeah. Uncut Gems. Whoa. It's supposed am, to be incredible. I am shocked. I think it's. I've heard it's his return to like Punch Drunk Love. I think is the best thing he's ever done. And I, apparently, this is like him. I have again. sworn off Adam Sandler for I mean decades. Well, but I mean, like I have I have good reason. Yeah. Uh, and this one, I was like, man, well, maybe. But maybe. he's shown himself capable. But then he goes and does the he, the movies that give him the little, paycheck. Little you know? Nicky and yeah. Grown Ups Five or whatever. Yeah. But the point is that these guys will move to the major leagues. Yeah. And I think that just like the Scorseses and Spielberg can be the auteurs and get the money that they want for their projects, these guys will be too. I mean, they'll 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 move sure, into that sure. position. They have to because these people will just keep making. The or movies. do you join join the ranks of the MCU? And you're just like, well, you know, I, I can get paid. I can go do Nova 5 I'd, or Nova I'd see a 2. Scorsese Daredevil movie. Hell yeah, you would. <laughs> well, I don't think you will. <laughs> so, Gareth Edwards. It's an interesting your, conversation. Feel free to chime in on the uh, League of Show shares. We've got that post there. A lot of people have. And again, we're not ever saying that someone can't not like a movie. I see a lot of response in the line of like, he's entitled to his opinion. Yeah. Can, but it's like, we're not arguing that he can't not like them. I question his reasoning when he says, sure, sure. You know, I've tried them and then they're all not cinema. It's like, well, really? And yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, you got, the fact that I don't understand why Marvel or Disney are not pushing for Robert Downey Jr. to be nominated for best actor. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me, given what he yeah, did. Yeah, look at that. That was the most one of the most recent. And that's exactly what I jumped to because on, on the site, that's what I said. I'm like, so he's basically saying that Robert Downey Jr.'s performance in Endgame is the equivalent to I a think, theme park worker. Yeah, I think it's him. like, come on. Between him and Chris Evans, like that one-two punch of both of those, those guys are, doing. I think Chris Evans should be up for best supporting yeah. actor. Like that dude. Tell me you didn't feel anything from those two guys in that movie. Absolutely like, not. I mean, absolutely. I can't tell you that because I yeah. absolutely did. And but sure, yeah. it's the culmination of 23 movies or 22 at that point. But it's like, it, it doesn't matter. Still, that performance on its own is it's yeah. there. Yeah, I yeah. agree. And I think they should both be up at this point. Yeah. If they're, if they're done, I don't know what's going to happen. I have no clue. We have no idea. We have an idea of what's coming out, but we have yeah. no clue what's going to happen. If he's going to be the new Jarvis or that's what I would yeah. do. Be like, here's Well, he's going to be in... Then they already say he's going to be in Black, uh, Black Widow, Widow because yeah. it's a flashback, so they're right. working him in Which there. is weird, but then they've also got, like, they showed pictures of uh, William Hurt. Is that right? Is that who played Thunderbolt Ross? No. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, walking with a cane, but he's not walking with a cane in, like, Endgame. Maybe he's Hurt. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, that, that movie looks good. Well, he's William. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's yeah, it's right there on Front Street. It's yeah. in front of us the whole time. <laughs> who knew? Well, after all that, uh, we should probably... Uh, turn our eyes to the box office kevin has his abacus at the ready kevin i do tom and so it, it's no surprise here that the movie of the week joker is number one but the question was how much uh it broke the record for october thursday night previews uh previously Suck held by it, venom yeah previously yeah. held by venom which was around 10 million dollars it made 12 million dollars thursday and that's with all the hoopla about threats and and all that stuff i gotta tell you i saw it at ronnie's and there were Four police cars, yeah. uh, a canine unit, 
Like it was, I was like, God dang. But you know what? Good. People should feel safe going to the movies. You know what I mean? Like I hate that it's come to that, but you know, it's good that they're respecting the people, you know, like it's it's good that people want to go out and see a movie without feeling like that. I'm not saying that should be the new norm, but if there are threats out there and all that, well, especially with this one, yeah, this is is the one where people are like, well, it it might happen. I hate that it's come to this, but I think it's a lot better than being like, Oh, it'll be fine. You know, I, I feel that's cool that people, again should feel safe doing something like going to the movies so but uh, it made over 12 million on thursday night so the new october record for that one uh it broke the pre-sale record on fandango um and so now it is estimated and i think this is probably low these are early estimates but it's estimated to have made 91.5 million does it say on a what? weekend uh, like i think it was like 60 to 70 yeah oh, i don't man. have a reported budget on this but that sounds about right okay for this type of movie so okay uh, but they're saying that it should be around 150 worldwide this opening weekend. Sure. So it's it's probably at least doubled its budget opening weekend. So I think all the all the talk about it. I mean, it's had a ton of free advertising. People aren't staying away, and and people certainly. I mean, it's human nature. They want to know what all the buzz. Sure, is about. absolutely. Wikipedia so. lists its budget at 55 to 70. Okay. There you go. Yeah. So I, I it's funny. I like I I talked about that. Kevin McCarthy is that guy that I was talking about last episode. Yeah. Uh, and he did two sit downs with Joaquin and uh, Todd Phillips. And like the Joaquin interview is what it is. Like, I just accept the fact that Joaquin's just going to I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. And I don't think he does either. Did you know he grew up in the Children of God cult? Yeah. I had no idea. It's fascinating. Like maybe, maybe that leads a little to the psyche of Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix. Oh, yeah. But uh, the the Todd Phillips thing where he said that comedies are I, I left comedy because, it beca- you know, society became too woke. And I was just like. Yeah, but your comedies were like bro movies. As much as I love them, like The Hangover 1 and 3, Due Date, like those are I think those are very funny movies. But the paging Dr. F-word whole like the whole scene in the beginning of uh Hangover mm. when Stu is yelling yeah. at at Helms character. I'm sorry. Uh Bradley Cooper is yelling at Ed Helms character. Yeah, it's like it just doesn't play anymore. It doesn't play anymore. Yeah. And somebody made a comment they're like, "What are you talking like there's all of these comedians and all of this stuff that aren't doing that anymore and it's just like maybe you need to maybe you just can't do i don't want to say elevated comedy but like comedy that isn't extremely offensive well and but I mean, it's his type of comedy as yeah, well yeah people's yeah. comedy tastes have always changed i yeah. mean you show a kid a laurel and hardy movie and see how far you get, get it. you know what i mean they're yeah. just like this is dumb it's and black and white i don't want to watch it right why aren't they talking todd phillips excelled at that bro comedy it was the right. right place right time it was yeah. i yeah. mean look at that how that was hangover was the highest grossing r-rated movie of all time and it it made a ton of money it rebooted the rated r comedies oh, yeah. and everything so it worked at the time but we're just not in that time and he doesn't want to change his that, right. his comedic senses that's what he which does is fine well. and, you have right. that yeah so i i just i think it was a little bit of an overgeneralization he said that that he what he meant to say or what I took it as is his type of comedy is dead yeah and he doesn't want to change it but it didn't sound right almost like the Scorsese stuff he may have said something sure, and meant sure. a little different but yeah all comedy obviously is not dead but his is and I think him making this change is probably the right. best if that's if that's the kind of thing that if that's all he knows how to do in that right, arena right. then were this, him and Aptow like coming out at the same time. Like, was 40-Year-Old Virgin the same time as... Yeah, Apatow was earlier. Was he? I think so. Okay. I mean, old I school definitely was around. They're fairly, yeah. you know... Going head-to-head for a yeah. while. And Apatow obviously has... I don't know if he's a doubt. His just his comedy style is different. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a different. Apatow isn't as much of a bro. Apatow is more but of the a- lovable loser. And, yeah. But he still has his issues sometimes. Every once in a while. You know how I know you're gay? Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, it's you have funny. A, you have a framed Asia poster. Right. But it's yeah. like, but you know, but it's also like, I don't know that they would shoot that scene today. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. You know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I feel like that one isn't as egregious as paging doctor f word i don't remember that part of the movie at it's all. so it's uh when they're going to get him at they, the hospital they pull, no they pull up right. and it's they're go they're getting ready to leave uh and they it's uh bradley cooper and the other guy and um zach Alf, and they're in the car and uh stew ed helms character is having that awful discussion with his wife where like they're here getting ready to leave and they're like stew's so awful and like no 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 he's a good guy you just got to get to know him a little bit better and he's saying, and he pulls up, and oh, he just starts right. screaming, "Paging doctor, yeah, gay racial, you know, gay slur." Gotcha. And then they're just looking at each other, and he's like, "All right, I gotta go." But it's yeah. just like that—that that joke doesn't play, yeah. Now, but I—I th- I feel like you know how I know you're gay, probably isn't as offensive. Like it felt more like good-natured ribbing, yes. but it's still you're using to just use. The, yeah, I agree. You're yeah, still yeah. using being gay as yeah, a punchline, right? But, I, so but I think it's like the difference there. In, in a way, I honestly like. I think you could make the argument. That the hangover thing is less offensive because they're trying to illustrate that the joke a, illustrates that he's a dick. Yeah, yeah. Right. Bradley Cooper's that. character was the broy, yeah, d bag yeah, yeah, yeah. character who you was know? taking the kids like you know field trip money for his own. Vegas and I money. think that like, you weren't is, supposed to like yes. that character. You're supposed you were supposed, supposed to like Ed Helms, and you're supposed but you're supposed to like Paul Rudd and, and Seth Rogen. And Seth Rogen. Yeah, that's you true. I, I think that exactly, and that's the difference. And what a lot of people don't understand with movies. Whether it is Scorsese's movies like Taxi Driver and King Comedy that we're going to get into next episode, or it's it's The Hangover with the Bradley Cooper character, it's okay to put things in movies when you're trying to paint a character a certain way. Right. It's when the audience doesn't understand that they're not supposed to like yeah. someone. And this is an example in the extreme. But sure. Like you don't you don't turn off Roots because they said the N word. No. I mean, like yeah. that's you know you know you don't you don't. You don't tr- walk away from twelve right. years a slave because there are racists, yeah, right? Because like those yeah. people aren't supposed to be good, right? So, and this is in the same way that Blazing Saddles is such a genius, hilarious movie, totally. And they're making fun of those people. You don't turn right. it off and say, "Oh, this is offensive." I mean, some people might, but the people that understand it don't because you are like, "Yeah, these people are idiots." Well, that's right, the, the Kevin Smith. Then they had when he has that in the first evening with he has that conversation with the girl. This girl is just like, don't you think it's it's dangerous to say certain things? And he was like, yeah, but do you understand that? Like, I put the the stupid the thing that is wrong. I put it into the mouth of the character who's always wrong. Banky, thus negating the argument. It's Banky. It is Banky. Yeah, and it's just like it's, she's just like, well, like I get that, but do your do your do you think everybody gets that? He's like, not that's not really job. my responsibility. Yeah, like, I can I can put it there and know what my intentions are. But if nobody gets it, like I, you know, yeah, we're, but, I mean that you're you're totally negating the purpose of cinema here the, as an art. Form. Yeah, right, right, right. You, you, the movies that spoon feed things to you, I think, are sometimes the most frustrating. I don't want everything explained. The audience is supposed to be able to interpret and form their own opinions. And when the director is an auteur, the writer is putting those things in there. It's not their job to make it easy for you. They're putting it out. It's their vision. Right. And if you don't get it, that's not their fault. So like, their fault. it doesn't mean that they just you shouldn't do it unless everyone gets it because not everyone will. I think there are plenty of movies that are completely misunderstood when they come out sure. and then you take a 10 years and you look yeah. at it like, oh, I see what we're doing. And sometimes people interpret them even in a different way than the filmmaker intended and yeah. sometimes they can be viewed even better in that way because they like they didn't even or, know it but it... Or worse. Or yeah. worse, yeah. I, I, you know, I, it's yeah. not a movie but I always feel like Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. When he started, he was making fun of those people and it was funny. Right. And, it, so, and those that... that they didn't get it, and, and they, they embraced him. On it. 
And then he was just like, well, I guess this Crap. is what I do now. What was? You know? What did we just see him in? Uh, a Star is Born? A Star is Born. When he was like, oh, but you're not doing the character. Yeah. Okay. I'm, he yeah. didn't start off doing the character. No, he was on, the cable guy. Same he was way. on MASH. He was? He was on an episode of MASH just huh. as, as an actor. Hey, what am I doing in Vietnam? Hey, you look <laughs> at you guys. Star is Born just celebrated its one year release, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. It's, it seems like longer so ago Venom. than that, but oh well. Oh <laughs> so we're we're gonna get into Joker next time, but I think that's a pretty decent take for a movie like this because again, it's not oh, yeah. Avengers; it's a standalone origin story for a villain. Like, and it ends a dark. Oh no, that's a great. I mean, that's yeah. My only work. fear is that I don't want to get more of these. I don't want more like I want the origin story for Lex Luthor. Oh no, I don't yeah. want that at all. I I yeah, we'll get into it next time. But I think I mean there's a reason why they chose Joker. That's very fitting. But yeah. Uh, so coming in at number two is Abominable, which is uh, the movie that we touched upon last week. Forty percent drop with twelve point four million dollars. So I mean, again, it's the kids' movie that's out. So yeah, I, yeah. I I think that small drop. Uh, luckily, it it took that because again, there's not really anything else to take your kids to. So so that's $38.2 million domestic, and uh, it only has 10 overseas as of right now. But again, that's an early estimate. Uh, but that's on a $75 million budget. So we talked about it Yikes. last time that, I mean, it's not a huge take for that one. So we'll see how long it sticks around. And I mean, Adam's family is two weeks out, I think. Uh, yeah, I think two weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's not looking too great for that one. But go listen to the review if you want to hear our Which I didn't realize it. that Nick Kroll, I think, is the voice of Uncle Fester. Oh, is he really? Yeah, like oh, that well, voice cast is actually well, pretty impressive. Yeah, because he's in Captain Underpants, so he's kind of a DreamWorks oh, is he? guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good cast. Yeah. Him, Number three, Downton Abbey, still still making the big bucks though. Seven point nine million is a forty five percent drop. That's up to seventy three point five million dollars. But don't you worry, Joe. Another fifty overseas. Good lord. On an undisclosed budget. All so. euros. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> so is that is this like the end of the show? Is that what this movie is? Yeah. Like the, the show like, has been now that kind of box well, office. Well, yeah. So far the wrap up to the show so far yeah so we'll see but uh, yeah that one doing quite well number four hustlers uh in its fourth week 6.1 millions a 46 percent drop 91.1 million dollars on that one another 15 overseas so it's over 100 million on a 20 i mean that's a hell of a win yeah made for some, sure made some money so we'll see if j-lo can keep in the uh oscar i mean buzz. so far she hasn't any, she has no competition yet yeah i mean i think there's some but it was really early on so we'll see how she maintains especially as we approach this you know october november december oscar yeah. time number five it chapter two 5.2 million a 49 percent drop in week five it's over 200 million dollars so you know it came out a little lower than we expected but it's been plugging along here uh over 200 domestic and another 227 plus overseas Man, so huge. i mean it's it's approaching the 450 million dollar mark so I mean that's, that's crazy. No well, shame in that. No, yeah, hell a lot no. of money. So anyway, uh, we'll see. And with nothing, I guess Doctor Sleep, but that's post Halloween, right? Yeah, that's the week after I believe. Like, we said. I just feel like with nothing coming out Halloween wise, I yeah. feel like that's a Zombie Land. Yeah, that's true. I I feel like it'd be smart. I mean, it's still making a ton of money, but in the next few weeks, little, you're going to see it drop push. more, drop more, drop more, and then if they release it on home video oh, sure, sure, like sure. the week of halloween that's what collect. i thought i based on when it how early it came out in september i, I figured that was on. the that was the goal yeah. was to get it on vod in time for halloween i, I, I bet you it's going to be digital by halloween yeah. that's a smart move for zombie land 2 and i was anti zombie land 2 until i saw that trailer i was like well oh. if we just do the same thing but it's t- i forgot all about that i movie. love the first yeah. one the first so. one's great yeah 
So anyway, but uh, yeah, it too making a ton of money. Judy, the movie that opened last week, is now wide release, four point five million, so fifty four percent increase on that one, and it's about nine million dollars domestic with no money overseas yet. So we'll see what that continues to do. Uh, and then at the end of the top ten here, Ad Astra with four point four, uh, that brings it up to forty three point five domestic. Rambo: Last Blood Part Five, the first, whatever that's called, three point four million is a sixty percent drop with about forty <laughs> here in the U.S. Good Boys, Week Eight, wow, jeez, eight hundred and twenty thousand dollars is a sixty percent drop. Talk about making some money here in its late weeks. Eighty one point nine, caught eighty two million dollars, uh, and and over twenty overseas. So still, that's a hundred and five plus on a twenty. Yeah, pretty good. Rounding out the top 10, The Lion King. What's <laughs> happening? Speaking of, week, <laughs> week 12, so three months after its release, it's made another $700,000, a 58% drop, $541 million over here, another $1.1 billion overseas. So, yeah, you're... Wait, $1.1 billion overseas? Yes. Wow, okay. So yeah. we're, we're approaching, before it leaves uh, theaters here in the next few weeks, it's going to be around $1.7 billion worldwide. So on a $260 million budget. That's, yeah, we go. Well, so that's money is. right there. Uh, yeah. And that's the box office. Well, thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. I guess that's it for this one. Let's uh, go around the table and everyone can say where to find them. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at JoeyButts, B-U-T-T-S 21. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Don't forget, you can find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. Like our page. Join our group, The League of Show Sharers, and you can also share an episode, uh, which helps us tremendously. You can also find us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Spreaker, <laughs> while you're there, uh, subscribe so you just know that you'll never miss an episode. And, uh, of course, our Patreon, patreon.com slash Spoilers, where for five bucks a month you get bonus content and the pride of helping us out. There's pride involved in that, right? I think so, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, pride and joy. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that's it for this one. Coming up on the next one, we will tackle the Joker. Until then, you've been warned. Everybody's telling me that my stand-up's ready for the big clubs. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching fashion trends, pep talks where we give advice, mental health moments, and games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.